This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Meg Ryan. And people are like, people start telling me about like Diablo Cody and stuff. Like she's like an like a writer, director, or something, and not our engineer Cody. Like that's Diablo Cody. Okay. He's like not the devil, and he's like a Spanish guy. So if we say, yeah, we call him Diablo, he's Cody. Diablo Cody, and then we put his name on some scripts as a joke. Ugh, frustrating. What up? What up? What up? What up? It's Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. I'm Hayes. I'm here with Sean. We live in Los Angeles and we work there in the entertainment industry. And we talk about how to achieve your own success in that field on this on this podcast. Best city in the world. Well, it's Oscar season, and they're going to start handing out those awards. Now, we do know some people who are not invited to the ceremony. Hayes and I kind of don't go sometimes because it's just so long. Mm -hmm, It's gotten really long. And I'm sick of giving speeches. I'm going to go hoarse and not be able to shout action on the set. Mm -hmm. But some people like going to the ceremony, and they've asked us for tips on how to get in. And I would say if you're not invited because you made a hit movie or 10 hit movies like me and Hayes each, uh, at least, minimum, then – you probably are going to want to be someone's Oscar date. Yes. And what that is, it's like someone takes you either as a friend or romantically uh, to an engagement. Oh, yes. For people who live in the Midwest and just marry the first person they see, people out here will date sometimes before they Mm -hmm. get married and uh, will take that date to a function, uh, what you, when you would maybe go to a square dance or something, mm-hmm. we're going then to the or Oscars like the, or the, the, gold, like the, the slop team. line. It would be like the equivalent of like asking your neighbor, would you like to wait in the slop line with me? Yeah, if they want to sit with you at the, the slop line and maybe share an apple core or something, that's kind of – we'll take them to a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, movies, bistro, something nice. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get a date like that? Well, a lot of very glamorous women are going to the Oscars and have to bring a date Mm -hmm. for fear of shame. Mm -hmm. But also a lot of people are sometimes afraid uh, to to ask them. Yes. You might think, oh, I could never ask Angelina Jolie. I could never ask Anna Faris to go to this big event. She won't want to take me. Mm -hmm. But you forget everyone's thinking that because – Everyone's so intimidated by these beautiful, fantastic women that they're nervous and they get those butterflies in their bread box and they aren't able to to just get up the nerve and ask them. Mm -hmm. So this segment we call Just Oscar Already. It's O-S-K, combination of Osk from Oscars and Osk, like talking to someone in in a a question question, way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's a her because this is a show for uh, straight men and lesbians. So how do you like what's the first step? How, how, how do you go about asking one of these famous actresses to this big to the the biggest party of the year. Sure, easy for us to say. Everyone mm. wants to go with us. Yes. But for some people they really got to get up the nerve to Oscar. So I would say one thing you may want to do is find out where Helen Mirren lives. Go sabotage her car so that it mm. swerves and smashes into something. Now you're following behind. Maybe it smashes, catches fire. You're there with the extinguisher and you let her out. Now you saved her and you go, hey, are you going to the Oscars with anyone or could I ask you right now? She's going to be charmed. The least she can do is to, is to say yes to going with you. And her husband died in the crash. And so that's, that's one date out of the yeah, way. Yeah, I guess you need a date. Suddenly she has an extra ticket. And you might say, well, what if something really bad happens and, you know, she doesn't survive the crash? Right. If she, well, if she doesn't survive the crash, then now you're Helen Mirren. So congratulations, because mm-hmm. you got a bunch of dough, very respected, get to be in some movies, and you're going to the Oscars. And now someone's going to have to ask you. Well, like one obvious way to get a date to the Oscars is marrying Amy Adams. Well, what's a way to, to, to go about doing that? I'd say a good first step would be to get in good with her mom. Uh, she really trusts her mom a lot, and like the, her, her mom might mention you in conversation at some point as someone who would be a good fit for Amy Adams. Women listen to their moms. The mother-daughter relationship is sacred, and so you might want to give her mom a real good fucks in. And if you pound her out just right, man, she ain't going to be able to keep her mouth shut about she's, it. She's going to owe you one big time. Oh, yeah. And she's going to be running her mouth all over town. And don't think that Amy's not going to get jealous and want a little taste of what that was like. And then at that point, when she comes up and says, like, can I can I get that? You're going to want to Oscar to the Oscars. <laughs> First, just ask her to marry you, and then at the ceremony, you know, just sneak it into your vows. So these are just some really good tips that you can use. And we must have some more. Sure, absolutely. Well, another cool thing that you might want to do is, mm-hmm. you know, you go down the list. Mm, who gets the most Oscars? Merlin Streep. Now yeah, you go down the list, and it only really takes one for you to realize that Merlin Streep gets all the Oscars all the time. And so that's the best date to have because you end up carrying the most stuff uh, in your car. So what you're going to want to do, you know she's got a lot of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Mm, but where'd all her polish go in her house? Mm. Exactly. Maybe somebody snuck in at night to take her Oscar polish away. You're going to want to get a ring with a very sharp diamond on it. Mm -hmm. Cut a small hole (laughs) in one of her windows on Mm -hmm. the ground floor. Then you get a suction cup attached to the window. Pull that circle out. pluck right out. Reach in, unlock the window, lift it, sneak in, tippy-toe into the polish closet. Blow some dust into the oh, of course, blow the dust into the air, and that'll expose the lasers. Step around the lasers. Step around the lasers. Go under, over, and through any which way you can. Mm-hmm. And go when, to the polish closet. Combination is six nine four twenty. Open it up, and just take all the polish that you can carry. Yeah, and then once you get it out, 
<clears throat> then you follow her to the general store where someone has bought all the polish just recently. Maybe it's you. She mm. says, but I really need that polish today. And you go, excuse me, miss. I couldn't help but overhear in your predicament. Mm. And then you ask her if she wants any of your polish. And then you ask her to repay you by making you her date. To the Oscars. Thank you, the Oscars. <laughs> We've got a really great guest today. Yes. He's a uh, mm. um, multi-talented man and just a real comics comic. Mm. He likes comics? Yes, most of his stuff is about Dan Klaus. <laughs> um, Chris uh, Ware. His humor is about Chris Ware or uh, Frank Miller. I call him a real graphic novels comic. Yes, he's a graphic novels comic, and he's and I'm I'm into you know I'm a nerd. I'm into a lot of that shit. Alan Moore, have you heard about him? He's um, he changed Batman. Changed yes, and he and he changed the way we think about cartoon comics mm-hmm. and Watchmen and Watchmen too. But oh. Uh, Nick Thune is here on Hollywood Handbook. Hollywood Handbook. Good. So I said the same thing you said. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you can elect me all you want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm going to actually be your senator for garbage fucking state. Right. You know? It's just a name they like, so they write it in, they write it in. They don't realize that now I have paperwork to do. Just because you live in California doesn't mean it's like you're... You consider it your home. Not at all. <sighs> Antigua. <laughs> That's for me. Hey! hey! What, up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. Really exciting guest today. Man, we really have a guest for sure with you for today. And we're so fired up about having him, and we're going to talk to him, and, uh, and, and now he's on the show. Nick Thune is here. He's a he's a stand up comedian. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it? What does this say? Read this, Cody. Cody, get over here. Cody, look at what you did. Look at this note card. What is that? A guitar player and a stand up comedian. Which one is it? Both. <laughs> okay, Nick. I'm so sorry about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody apparently thinks you could be both. A guitar player and a stand-up. We all know that people have to specialize. It's uh, that's like saying that you're friggin' Bo Jackson. Yeah, um, actually, that's funny. A lot of people do. Um, hi, by the way. Hi, Nick. Hi, hey. Nick. We hey. say uh, what we up, say what up, up, what up here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and did the guests say that, or is that just what you guys? No, say? just okay, us. Cool. We're just telling you what we say. Don't uh, be thrown when we don't say hi. Yeah. So I, it's funny you say Bo Jackson. Uh, a lot of people actually call me the Bo Jackson of comedy. Hmm. Why? Huh. Speak on that. Uh, I play baseball and I play football. Yeah. But not professionally uh, on the side, but during comedy, I, you know, because he played baseball and football and I play guitar oh. and tell jokes, both professionally. Nick, look at you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, I didn't, when it was happening, I didn't even look, I never thought like, oh, I'm, Bo, I'm like Bo Jackson, you know, because I, right. I'm a huge fan of cartoon football, and 
um, when I was younger, you know, I played a lot of Tech Mobile, and mm-hmm. and um, I was a huge fan of Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile. And um, in fact, I'd go on record saying probably one of the best cartoon football players out there. Cartoon football today has gotten so like you see these kids playing in like Best Buy and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and it almost looks like real cartoons. Yeah. Not, yes, I yeah I think that cartoon football has gotten almost too realistic looking oh, and so... too commercial sort of for me. And I wish I could go back to the old days of mm-hmm. Bo Jackson cartoon football. Yeah. Well, they don't make them like they made Bo. You know that. Uh, and it's frustrating because when a guy goes down in his prime like that, and you know Bo Jackson, the Bo Jackson, got injured. Mm-hmm. Cartoon Bo Jackson, he's still playing as great as he was when he started. He's right. still as good. You've got to blow into the back of the cartridge. And but. you know he won, um, I think, was it three years ago? It was. And this is an actual record, NFL Hall of Fame, best mm-hmm. cartoon football player. Um, yes. I, I, I think that was just it. It just was best cartoon football player. But, mm-hmm. And so that, you know— and for people, He's good at it. He's for people at it. who live in sort of the uh, middle of the country, who maybe don't know exactly what we mean, on the coast where we have advanced technology, they have almost these virtual reality machines where you can play mm-hmm. cartoon sports well, on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, almost close, but no cigar uh, cartoon uh, game inventors. But yeah, we can play cartoon sports on those. Football. What else do they have? I've seen, I think, almost every sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, okay. There's a hacky sack one uh, where you can you hacky sack, you can surf. And can you do a wicked jester when you're doing that hacky sack? Oh one? yeah, you can come out both sides. And and here's what I noticed about all these all these cartoon games. When you start off, you're not good, and then a day or two in, you get good. You know, and you see the player kind of grow. And yeah, I, and it's like a rookie season. And and um, you know, a lot. Of, I've never had a rookie in any of the games that would have won an award, like rated rookie uh, for Don Russ or um, rated rookie, um, or what was it? In, uh, what's that other award they give out? The upper deck or tops? Yeah, like mm-hmm. the tops player. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. I've never had that first year player. You know, for yeah. me, it's always second. I is second day kind of where mm-hmm. they really kind of come out and they start learning the rules and which buttons to press and. You know, um, I'm 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 a huge fan of cartoon football, but then I'm, I I also love like um, Rod Tidwell. You know Rod Tidwell. Oh yeah, okay, yes. he was in a different kind of a movie, a, a movie live action football. movie, movie right. football, movies football. football. And let's talk a little bit about movies football and even movies sports, because mm-hmm. you were telling us that you attended the ceremony where I guess. Mr. Cuba Gooding uh, received an award for best yeah. movies football man. Yeah, he, he actually won the best. And you know the the catch he did um, the one right before he did the backflip. Oh yeah, he <laughs> and yes. he caught that on the sixth take. Mm. So he's yeah. that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because you know movies football, it's different because you know they call it what what they call training camp and 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 getting uh, what do they call that in in, in football where you get um, bot. What do they? They elect you to be. Oh, they um, throw, throwing words out. Coaching or no? Yeah. Uh, no, when you get drafted. Oh, uh, so, okay, like, yeah, right. You know, yes, in movies like football, the auditions a lot. You know, they call drafting auditioning, and you right. go out and you do your workouts, and they check out your height and your weight and and mm. your vertical, mm-hmm. and and Cuba fought out a lot of other 
um, really great wide receivers um, for that movie. Now, and, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but isn't it more impressive to do movies football because you actually were just trying to probably do acting and mm-hmm. now you're being made play football? Well, Whereas in a, in a football game, everyone has been playing football. Well, here's what happened. So um, Jerry Maguire came out. Cuba Gooding Jr. spun everybody's heads around. They'd never seen a receiver work like that in a movie. Mm, you know? Yeah. And so Oakland Raiders got on the phone and they said, uh, we want to audition Cuba to be on our team. Mm. And they, they sent him the sides. He read the script for the season. Yeah. And uh, I forgot who wrote the script that season. I think it was – could have been Scorsese. Could have – Mm-hmm. It's hard to say who wrote the script that season for the Oakland Raiders. They didn't make it all the way to the Super Bowl because the writer didn't think um, that that was right for those players and for what their motivations were and the payoff. It was well, that, they wouldn't have gotten that the right era of yeah. movies you could get away with. It didn't always have to be a happy ending like it does yeah. now, where every team always wins. Yeah, and and they and and when Cuba read the script. He saw first scene, first page. Mm-hmm. He gets paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in the first game, first page of the script. Yeah. And he just didn't know, maybe for the rest of my life, I want to deal with something, you know, wheelchair, um, paying people to help me out. Scorsese wrote The Raiders. Yeah, and people will team up. You and get like Steve this last Zalian year. and mm-hmm. uh, Sorkin are getting together and they're writing with yeah, Qu- well, uh, Quentin. And, um, you know who wrote The Seahawks this year? Oh, I can't wait for this scoop. Who was it? And it's a ghostwriter. Oh, so, okay. They said they. <laughs> They said, and this is one of those things where you hear it and you just you don't believe it. They said Eddie Murphy wrote it, and you know he's never really written a movie. He comes in and gives notes, and they change a lot of you know. Mm-hmm. But um, he ghostwrote it. Really, uh, I saw that. That makes so much sense. Well, because you know he's ghostwriting every ghostwriting all the, the players. Yeah. Like that that would explain why mm-hmm. why that was the case because well, that's that why was Cuba him. and Cuba are old buds and mm-hmm. you, you know have you heard the term ghostwriting the script where you're writing a script and you get you out of it you stand alongside the and script you, yeah, and you, you just run out script. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's what you know he just never got back in and somebody else sat down and wrote all of it then he finally came back and he sat back down at the but end and the wrote the last period yeah. and wrote the end yeah mm. Bo Jackson, people call you Bo Jackson. The Bo Jackson to come. Well, you, I made I made this this documentary called Disarmed, mm. Um, mm. and it it really kind of encapsulates this time in my life where I, I broke my arm two places, mm-hmm. elbow, wrist. I was carrying a pizza. I was walking across a cobblestone road. I tripped on a trolley track. Ah, you've, ah, you've heard ah, the story. Yeah, you know? yeah, I can't, I can't, it's, it's, I can't. Oh, oh. You've heard it's it. My too skin s- crawl. It's too scary. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And and the doctor, you know. Because I play guitar and I do tell jokes, and you know, I went into the doctor and he said I was probably never going to play guitar again for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it's called this armed because you could only use this arm during the disarmed. Like it's sort, it sort of an urban yeah. flavor yeah. To, to this dissing armed, armed yeah. robbers, dissing uh, yes. armed, just um, armed grocery stores, um, right? And ultimately, disarm, dad arm, it doesn't mm-hmm. – you've sort of realized it didn't really matter. <laughs> what a strong lesson. Speaking of lessons, if you could teach someone out there who's listening who wants to do stand-up comedy, oh. mm-hmm. uh, if you could give them sort of a starter kit of tools uh, to take with them on, on this long journey, 
Um, what would you say would be the most important thing to to start with? I'd say the first thing you got to do is you got to get you got to pick up you got to pick one out. You know, you go out, you pick one out, and I, you don't have to take lessons, but you do have to learn how to read music. What do you look mm-hmm. for when you're choosing one? Um, for funniness, I go with wood. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You know, I like wood. I uh, <laughs> I, I like there to be a strap on it. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. I'm this. All right. That's. I think that's about as far as we go on that. But. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to go too deep into yeah. it. But um, so and and then it's really about how you progress, the progression. You mm-hmm. know, and and for me, it's like uh, GCD or what you would call one four five, which is just you're taking the element of. Um, the structure, yeah, you know, and and you're really creating what the Beatles created, and you're creating what Richard Pryor, you know, who they call the Beatles of black comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, y- what you're doing is you're creating an ambiance and an environment for people to be able to open up and be somebody that they aren't, and listen, and uh, and it's hard to explain this to you know because it's something you feel. Well, for instance, Bo Jackson, when he was mm-hmm. uh, in eighth grade, he dunked a stick. Mm-hmm. He, he picked up a stick and he dunked it. Because that's all they had. That's that. That's what they used for like pencils and, and the, paints. Yeah, I, this was in the oh, god the seventies. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and that was yeah. And he dunked it through another stick. I mean, that's we're talking they, no iPhones. That's what they had to do back then. No right. iPhones. No. Um, Headphones. And they mm. sure Just, weren't playing cartoon football. <laughs> n- n- you know, no phones except really home phones. Mm-hmm. If that. Mm-hmm. So you look at Bo and you, and you see the dunking the stick and you hear that he killed a pig with a rock, mm-hmm. you know, when he mm-hmm. was eight years old just by throwing it at it, you know. And, he caught him sliding into home. Uh-huh. Well, you know, back then when if you wanted to play a pickup baseball game and you were, you know, you grab a few pigs, you throw them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if They're, you were a man short, you throw a pig out there, you put mm-hmm. him on home plate, you know. Mm-hmm. Pig's your catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I, ideally you want him at third. Oh well, yeah. I was thinking of a really big pig. Uh-huh. Yes, if you've got a if you've got a pig that's in shape that can move, yeah, you uh-huh. put him at third base just because he's going to have better instincts for that position. Yeah, yeah we don't want to get too bogged down in well, which what, pig goes I've, where. I've seen some coaches put the guy at short, and it's just like I want to pull him aside and say, "Hey, I know I'm not the coach. I know I don't know you. Mm-hmm. You got to put him at third. It's the new. Uh, he's a great shortstop. He's he's an all pro third baseman is what he is. Are you like a sabermetrics guy? It sounds like you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really love that sabermetric system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all the money game stuff mm-hmm. and like and just how sports is new. Mm-hmm. Well, it's speak new. on that. It, sports okay, they're new, and you think that means they're fresh. That means that mm-hmm. they're clean, and mm-hmm. that's not what new means in this sense. No, new, new in this sense is dirty. Like when my son was born, he was fucking filthy, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the mouth on this kid, you know. And yes. he mm-hmm. uh, he was new though. Mm-hmm. He wasn't clean. You know, and and then you start taking care of the sport, and and you clean it off yourself, or you hire a couple guys to come in and do it on a weekly basis, Tuesday mornings. Maybe they come around eleven, mm-hmm. sometimes eleven thirty, depending on you He's know because they're coming from over Marina Del Rey, and of you're course. you know, but um and and that's baseball, and yeah. that's soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And you apply, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the saber the saber metrics you're applying to your son, and he's kind mm-hmm. of baseball for you. And yes, and and he pooped in the womb, and that's still on him. And that's still on. That stuff doesn't mm-hmm. come off. No, 
Would you like to give us a quick rundown on how we have a stand up comedy machine here if you want to do like a Oh what do you guys have? A, a quick tutorial and like how to how Yeah, to what use machine do you guys have? Um I don't know. I just I got it at a premiere. They just mm-hmm. kinda we're handing them out. Yeah. You know what uh Oh, okay, that machine. Yeah, you know this one. It seems funny. I just don't know. Like, like. Yeah. See, now I've never personally worked with this specific one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, let me see if it. I know on mine, if I, you know, and people say they're all the same, but they're not. Yeah. You know, like I know on mine, this sounds like this is probably one of the coolest things you can play, and on this one, it doesn't sound right. Ah. Uh... No. I gotta try all different. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, and so, like, let's talk about opening, right? How, if you want to open strong, and so for yeah. me, I, what I like to do, this is my, this is one of the opening ones I do. Okay. You know. All right, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm ready to laugh. And I feel like he's my friend. And here's the thing: is if that works, <laughs> you don't want to know what's coming next. Okay, relatable much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 that's when people are like, okay, this is something I can apply to my life. Yeah. You know, this isn't just yeah. this guy talking about being rich and and talking about uh, you know, what it's like to have servants. It's like this guy's actually talking about the blue collar guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And is it yeah. maybe questioning authority a little bit in a way that feels a little dangerous? But in a way that the authority wouldn't even recognize that they were being questioned. Yeah, and let me go back to the blue-collar guy for a second, because mm-hmm. here's the thing, is if you're wearing blue paint and then you put your shirt on, your collar's going to get blue. And mm-hmm. and and that's why I'm saying, the, for the Blue Man Group, clean off before you put your collared shirts on. That's mm-hmm. a, that's the, the simplest way to put it. But I think that also applies politically to what's going on right now in the working class. And I don't mean to get political all the time, you know. Like, but like it, it's not the place of this it's show. It's not really normally. Yes. I mean, I don't want to stop free. you. You're welcome to keep going. It's a going. platform for we, you. We we prefer to stay out of. If you guys don't mind. I'd like to. This is a political joke that has been crushing. And okay. when I say crushing, it's it, getting laughs. Obviously, but at the same yeah. time, it's people are getting their minds opened. Oh. He doesn't know. I'm getting. A, I just want a free tune. See, you hear that? See, he's tuning for free. He has no idea what my plan and is. That. Look it up. And that's the closer on that joke. And it's not that you can't afford it. I mean, you can afford it, but why pay the money when there's a sap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's, that's kind of like my relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, this guy, it, everything has been handed to him on a spoon. Yes. You know? mm. And, uh-oh, there's a dark time. But then at the same time, what? Okay. Oh, there's, there's the a light at the end. Yeah. yeah. Always a silver lining. And, you know, I, it, I'll, do, I'll do those ones sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Just one-liners like that. Oh, and th- you know, you know, like, uh, have you heard of these kind of jokes? Oh, that's that all influence. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you got to show them the bottom so they know there's a top. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if there is no bottom, there is no top. It's and, and that's 
a fear I think that a lot of audiences have. They don't know, is there a way out? Is there a way in? Mm-hmm. Now, Bo Jackson... Did I walk here or did they bring me here? Mm-hmm. Bo Jackson, we've often said on this show that comedy is only surprises. Mm. Speak on that. Oh, comedy is only surprises. <sighs> have you ever been to a surprise party? I, I, I yeah, I, I haven't. Mm-hmm. You haven't? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like to, for me, comedy is more like, okay, here's the, the essence of a surprise party. If you guys haven't been to one or even heard about them, which it seems like, is what you do is you, you find somebody and it's, it's not their birthday. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you plan a whole event. You get a whole bunch of people they don't know there. Mm-hmm. And then when they come in, thinking they're going to a doctor's appointment, mm-hmm. you've maybe, you know, messed with some paperwork or, and you're or medical doc- and you're a doctor medical a paperwork doctor, yeah. mm-hmm. and they maybe they think they have cancer and, and mm-hmm. they, they, they think they've got two weeks to live mm-hmm. and then when they come in surprise these are all people that are also dealing with cancer you say that mm-hmm. you know he doesn't know all these people none of them have cancer okay I think mm-hmm. I have been to one of these um, and then they really kind of talk about how it's hurt them and how there's no way out and and it, you know, and and then you really use what you do is then you start putting stuff in their shampoo, stuff that the hair the hair is going to start falling out, and uh-huh. and and so that you know obviously this is what happens when you have cancer, and and then you really start getting into their diet, and what you got to do is do some these I, they call them poison pills, but they're just these little pills you can buy, and you start putting them in all their food, mm-hmm. and then it really mm-hmm. starts to just affect their body in a really negative way, mm-hmm. in a way that cancer would, and then right when they're about to die, you tell them all the stuff. And you say, they're we, so we can bring surprised. you back, you don't have cancer. Surprise. Mm-hmm. And that seems okay. like a great way to deal with your own cancer at the same time, to have someone else who's going through some of the same stuff. It's scary alone. And to deal with the pressure of being a doctor. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. giving it, yourself all those x-rays. Can take Sexy. its toll. You said now? Now, how do you feel about this sort of acapella comedy movement that's been happening. I love it. You know, and I really? think a lot, of, a lot of people are are threatened by it and they're worried. I don't um, get it. This is the new generation. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys that are doing it without the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're untraditional, you mm. know. Um, and the audiences are bored. And and that's the thing is you you see the the um Lewis CKs, you know, the mm. people out there that are kind of in the forefront of this acapella stand up. He's one of the main ones that mm. I don't really get yeah, what he's and I, it's doing. Hard, it's hard to. Yeah. I try to, like, when I listen to his stand up, I try to kind of sway, and I don't know where to, which way to sway at what time. I can't tell what, what tune he's doing, what, yeah. what, what the chords and the, are. My, the clapping is, my clapping is all off the beat. Like, it's and how not do we funny know, to me. If we don't know what music is it's under it, then how do we know that he's saying all that stuff in tune? Yes. You know, and right. he's saying the right melody. We don't even, he's just making melodies up. Seems like a yeah. cheat. Mm-hmm. But you like it, you said. What? Acapella comedy. Oh, I do like it because it's actually people are seeing how great I am because of it. Okay, that's what the you know, and I, I people look at it, they're threatened by it, and they go, "It's a new thing." But once people watch the second acapella comedian, they're like, "We want to get back to the real thing." Yeah, you know, uh, a structure that we understand with progressions that make sense to us. Mm-hmm. You ever jam with Weird Al? Um, you know, we've gotten together before. Um, you know, I'm Just I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Northwest guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so for me, I've never actually jammed before. I've never, you know, and it's this whole thing about getting fruits and then you, you crush them up and, mm. you, you know, and you're doing it together and, and you're just kind of doing it where it takes you. Oh, are you thinking about like making preserves? No. Oh, I'm talking I'm about, about dunking basketballs. Oh, oh, basketball. Yeah. yeah oh, we know, yeah, we've jam. never played basketball before. Oh, okay. Never jammed with mm-hmm. him then. Um, when you're working on like a parody song, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> are you only doing what's currently on the radio, or would you ever go well, and after what's, a classic? And like the combination of current radio and current news, mm-hmm. or do you take sometimes old? Things that are in the news and yeah, maybe like a new you do song. a Joey Butafuco thing uh-huh. on like the new Lord song, mm-hmm. or would you do Will you an play Obama that song? thing? <laughs> We'd love mm-hmm. to hear that. Well, here, here's like I was doing this parody song um, today, actually. Uh, my, you know, just hanging out with my son, and I'll and I'll just go like, uh, you know. Who's a little baby sitting over there? I gotta go to the bathroom. Can you sit in here alone? Is that okay? You know, and I'll just kind of mm-hmm. say what I'm really thinking mm-hmm. and say yeah. it to him. And then talk about, you know, the burden of being a father. And mm-hmm. and it's just like no free time anymore. You know, and you kind of go through all that stuff. And he loves it. He really does, you know. He's getting into mm-hmm. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a parody of that old Splish Splash, I Was Taking a Bath song. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we all remember that one. And I remember oh. thinking you couldn't parody it because it's already kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Well, you're taking what a, what people think they know about baths, mm-hmm. and um, you know, usually you're trying to keep the water in the tub. You're not thinking about splishing and splashing, right? There. Mm-hmm. And usually you're not taking a bath on a Saturday night. Yeah, usually you exit the bathroom and you're in the privacy of your own mm-hmm. home. So they really took kind of the they took bathing and flipped it. Yes, is what they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they, and that's and then they started having bathhouses after that song came out. That was kind of the big push for that. Um, people want to, people would want to take baths all the time. Mm-hmm. It, that it, movement in music, would you say that was a big influence? Uh, to, like bath music, uh, a lot was of people like a big think that's what started you? the blues. Uh huh. When those bath songs came out, specifically that one bath song, is that what mm-hmm. gave white people the idea for the blues? Mm-hmm. Well, I th- there's really no way to know where white people get their ideas from. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to know that they got them and that it came from a place. Probably we'll take care. Christian yeah, God, just yeah. trust us. We'll mm-hmm. take care of it. But, yeah. but I think uh, it might be time to dive into the popcorn gallery. Is that sure. right? Yeah, I like to do that. Do we want to? Now, Nick. We've never really been able to figure out how to well, get this across. So the popcorn gallery uh, is a segment on our show where a lot of the people who listen to this, I don't know how they get their hands on it, but they don't have access to all of the funny, famous friends that Hayes and I know, and so they'll mm-hmm. ask questions that they can't ask themselves. Now, let's get into the name of the segment. Please. Traditionally, when you talk about uh, like a sort of silent majority of a population that's like still commenting, you might refer to them as the peanut gallery. However, this is a podcast about the entertainment industry, one subset of which is movies. And at movies, Mm -hmm. one of the most popular snacks that they serve, in our experience, is popcorn. Yeah. At the movies, yes. So He doesn't get it. We'll just listen to it. No, I've heard, you know, I know that I've I've actually seen movies where people are getting popcorn at a movie. Mm -hmm. This is connecting to you that way. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of movies that way where they get – they're going to see a movie. We're watching a movie, and they're going to a movie 
in the right. movie, okay. and they do the thing that everybody does in a movie when they get popcorn is, or in, the, in a movie when they go to a movie is they get popcorn. So we, so, so there almost, is still a popcorn movie connection to you mm-hmm. through seeing when I've movies, seen movies, seeing movies about popcorn, people eating popcorn mm-hmm. at, at the, the movies. movies. Yeah. Let's reach into the bag and, 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 and pull out a question uh, from the, the popcorn bag. Crunch, 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 crunch. Yum, 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 yum. You know, I'm actually, you, you guys, I'm, I hate to keep doing this, but um, what is that? Uh, kettle corn. Is, can we do yes. this with kettle corn? Okay. Okay. See, so there's a certain class of movie theater that you tend to patronize. I, I'm, I've, I, again, I've never tried kettle corn. Okay. Um, I have seen it talked about in movies. I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. it, you it, want to fabricate the kettle corn experience in yeah. a safe way. And I've never seen anybody in a movie get kettle corn when they were going to a movie. Mm-hmm. But you don't really like to play by the rules, do you, mm-hmm. Nick? I, I, the two rules I live by are Metallica rules and Jaw rules. Hmm. So, okay. Kettle, well, kettle corn it is. Come at me. Come, here we come. <clears throat> The question fell back into the bag. Uh, let me get it. Crunch, 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 crunch. Mmm, a little sweet. Mm, a little salty too, huh? This is a question from Octor Doctopus. Nick, were you surprised when Comedy Central stole your idea for Too Soon with Nick Thune and turned it into the Jeselnik Offensive? Or was that your plan all along? Mm. And they... Those when you go in and you pitch a show, you think you, no one's ever going to hear about it. But obviously, people have it. They released the tape of that pitch. That mirror, oh. the, the mirror is not. That's what I heard they're doing. That's one a big sided. Thing now. It's, it's two sided. They're they're doing just pitches. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wasn't bothered because for me, you know, I love Anthony. I want him to succeed. Mm. Um, and you know, too soon with Nick Thune. That was an idea that for me was not meant to be on TV. That was something that was just meant to be pitched. So yes. just getting in a room and pitching it was a success. We all have those projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cannon fodder. And then... Let them shoot one down so you can do the idea you really Hey, want. I just... I, you know, don't hate... You know, don't hate the pitch. Hate the show. Hate the show. And then it hate, seems yeah. like they're always like, oh, great. Let's do, we'd love to do it on TV. And you're like, oh, my God. Are you actually no, like that? This was that? just a pitch. Yeah. This yeah. is literally just a, oh my god! This is just an idea that I like coming and telling people about. It's not something I want to take to another level. It's not something I want. To I can't because then you. if what, imagine pitching a show that was already on the air, you wouldn't get to pitch it anymore. Yeah, I can't tell you how many pitches Sweet. I have to end with being like, "I was fucking joking, you idiot!" Mm-hmm. When they try to make it into a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I think that's what's so wrong with this business right now is that everything's got to be on TV. I mean, well, it's gotta... a bunch of fucking yes men that want to make every other fucking thing you say. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, some of them are just being said to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there another question in that popcorn bag? I don't know. Let's check. Mmm, salty and sweet and mm-hmm. salty as well. It, yeah, it comes right in at the end. This is a question from Chanson, Nick. You worked at the Boys and Girls Club at Emily Dickinson Elementary School. I came there from Einstein Elementary almost every day in sixth grade. I remember you. Honestly, and here he says something a little mean. He's a little rude sometimes. We'll skip over that part. But I'm super excited that you've done well in Hollywood. Do you stay in touch with Pinky? I want to hear the rude part. No, we don't have to do that. We're yeah. having fun. We're just trying uh, to have a good time. It's a nice vibe. Do, yes. I, do I still stay in touch with Pinky? I, yeah. Um, you know, I ha- he's he's referring to it. I 
I collected ants. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I actually just have gotten out of the game totally. You know, I don't. It, and and thanks for asking, Chanson. But yeah, you know, it's one of those things like when your dog dies and you don't want to talk about it anymore. And, and Pinky, I don't think died. And you know, I don't know how long ants live. I, I hear a hundred years or so. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just, you know, I got out of farming. So you used to stay in touch with some of these ants. Yeah. They and can, there were ants, you know, they, I didn't go buy these ants at a store. There were ants that I literally just found outside, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and, and, you, and it didn't seem like they had a home. Yeah, you're taking them in. And ants can, this is kind of cool, but ants can live for, I think, 10 times their own body weight. Mm-hmm. So it's, he probably is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to. If he was a big fat guy. I don't want to like live with this this thing, Shannon. I'm just going to carry this around. Yeah, no, okay, I know. I get to say it. You have to say what he said. It's not fair to me. He, we, here's another thing you got to realize about kids like Chanson is they uh, they don't know what's mean. No, they don't. They don't know what compliments are. They don't understand mm-hmm. what people consider when people say things. You know, and how long it could last, and what the words mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he thought you had a goofy face. That's fine. Uh, what you was know, your uh, face? What was going on with your face back then? Yeah, back then, because I'm looking at it. It looks nice. <sighs> oh, thank you. You know, a lot of um, kids used to say stuff like, you look like the hyena from The Lion King. Um, Which one? Whoopi. Okay. And, I see that. And that sits with you, you know? And mm-hmm. and Chanson's probably one of those haters out there. And it's not, for me, it's not bad to look like a wildlife or you know, even yeah. wildlife that's considered ugly and odd looking. It it doesn't bother me. And even if it's voiced by a character who has predator hair, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. to you know, I don't want to pinpoint, but no, and chance and thank you. I'm glad that you thought I had a weird face. Goofy. Goofy, Goofy yeah. Mm-hmm. Well and I, I, growing up, one of my favorite Disney characters, Goofy. See? See? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't saying you look like Goofy. I think he was saying you have a Goofy it's a, face. It's a lowercase like G. I should have said that. That's my fault. It's a lowercase oh, G. He's okay. talking about that, like, like it looks unusual. Oh. In I thought he's you know playful and fun like Goofy. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's that the way he phrases the question <laughs> too is like. Honestly, I thought you had a goofy face, and then he goes, "But I'm glad you found success in the entertainment industry." I don't think he would say. Honestly, I thought you had twi- a fun playful yeah. face but I mean this is what I didn't happy to say it initially did he, is it, did he text you guys directly or is this a Twitter <laughs> this was an, on our forums on the okay. Earwolf forums oh, yeah. yeah wow mm-hmm. so he's into hip things good for him yeah I'd like to take a look at his face uh, it's out it's out there <laughs> let me take a look at it sure yeah let's pull it up okay. I think I can get it <laughs> no I got it right here okay great I almost just drank this special juice. Please don't drink your dip spit that you've been spitting into a juice bottle. (laughs) Okay, I got it right here. Ready? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a really quick look. Oh, Jansen. Oh, you break my heart. What happened to that little kid? Yeah, he he grew up. That's what he did. I'm proud of you, Jansen. You grew up, buddy. And I'm proud that you found um, success in the podcast um, forum, comment. forum commentary. commentary. That's industry. good. You made it onto a podcast, man. I want to know if Chanson's ever thought of something as groundbreaking as scented Wi-Fi. 
which is something I thought about that I'm oh, working on. Okay. Um, I want to know if Chanson, you know, does he do director's commentary on his texts on when he does voicemails? I mean, because you know, I. I, when I buy a DVD package, if there's no director's commentary and I don't want it, if I get a text, I want to hear what was behind the text. I want to know, you what know, went into it. Yeah. yeah. So you're not you're saying you're not just a goofy face, and people with the thing that you have actually have something to say, and they need to be heard, and which can be frustrating if you're dealing with people that ha- are hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want to shake them sometimes. You know, just the way you do your baby. It's just making you know? it worse. Yeah. yeah. That's Poke how they em. got that way in the first Poke place. Poke them right in the gut. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let them know where you are. Yeah. Uh, did we have another control. question? Sure. Okay. Not that good. It's not very good. We can do it anyway. Let's do it and then we'll cut it later. <laughs> mm, getting the notes of sweetness. This question is from Thelonious. And there's the salty. Mm-hmm. Nice. This question is from Thelonious Junk. It's like uh, he's a jazz musician. Forget it. Is there a guitar you are partial to when jokes laying? Oh, you never. No one ever asked that question. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, not very good. It's it's. um, Is there a guitar that I prefer? I for me, it's the opposite. Mm. Does the guitar want to work with me? Cause is I that think the opposite? That's a self-centered thing to think, uh, you know, I can pick whatever guitar. I, I, I walk into a store and say, who thinks they can handle me? Mm-hmm. That's first off. And t- six of them are going to walk away right there. Yeah. Or, you know, the employees are going to come over and move them out. But, um, and, and then you just kind of, you walk around, you're around the guitars. Who's looking at you? Are they interested? Are you flirting at all? Mm-hmm. Um, is this somebody that you're attracted to guitar-wise? Um, yeah. yes. is it, have they been with a ton of other players? Have they, um, do they get your sense of humor? And if they've been with a ton of other players, that's damaged goods, right? Yeah. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, also sometimes. That experience it, is important. Yeah. Too. Experience can be a great thing, but sometimes you want to get that freshy, you know, something that feels great, feels really good. Yeah. And bust it that guitar's mm-hmm. cherry wide open. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, but you also want to respect it. Mm, yes. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, respectfully bust the, sh- the cherry open. Yeah. So you're saying the guitar you're most partial to is your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I want to double back quickly. Yes, that is the opposite. Well, you know, a lot of people double back if they're trying to throw the scent off. Okay. Well, then I well I don't want to be accused of that. I'm kind of in, in a pickle here. Mm-hmm. I want to double back a little more. <laughs> When you said you were a Northwest guy, what if he was talking about Northwest? The baby? The baby. Mm-hmm. No, I, that's oh, wow. what if. That would, yeah. 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 I thought you were going to say, what if he was talking about like Washington and Oregon? That was, region, right. yeah. I was talking about the baby Northwest. Oh. Should we just do the whole thing again? We might want to start from the top, so we're going to scrap this one. Cody, put a note next to the file that it's garbage. Uh, uh, we'll do a quick sign-off just for funzos. Um, Nick, do you have any any projects oh, yes, coming up that you'd like to plug? What's up, movies? Um, um, should we even plug in at the top of this, maybe? Nick plugging his new special. Isn't that out right now? Yeah, special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Nick Thune, that's me. Folk Hero is the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's uh, just there. It's streaming. It's there forever. You can have it. You can show it to someone. Very generous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's not always about owning things. It's about giving it up, giving it away, letting mm-hmm. them have it. And if you can make a shitload of money and be really successful and respected, then why not? You know. What else do you recommend on Netflix? Um, well, I would. Somebody brought this up yesterday. This uh, Lance Bangs actually pitched this idea. The, the best way to actually enjoy House of Cards is to watch five minutes of an episode, watch a minute of my stand-up, go back. Mm. Um, and then once you've seen the full thing, just kind of have it playing while you're doing it. And, of course, each time you've got to click the five-star rating because um, that's how you can watch it again. Yeah. Um, and it also takes you to, to a different level. People don't know that. That's a little... Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Because I watched Nick Thune Folk Hero, you'd recommend watching one minute of House of Cards. Why not? Yeah. Okay. And um, that adds up to me. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Please comment on the forums and just talk to us. And if you know a celebrity from your Childhood, maybe you were like a poor child in a, some kind of aid program where you just needed. You want to take a pot shot at to, some guy who's doing pretty well right now? Who was kind enough to talk to you when you. Take care of you, yeah. You want to fire off at him and bring up a painful memory of a pet that he lost, basically? Go ahead, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, buy the pro version. Mm hmm. What what's the prize? We must have a prize in the in the forums. Oh, uh, uh, Nick Thune's gonna play a tasty riff for you uh, if you bought this pro version. And who bought it last? I think week? Tim Treese bought it. Tim Treese, go to Tim's vlog, bought the pro version, so he's gonna get just a real tasty riff. Mm-hmm. Should I do that right now? We can wait. We can do it another time. You know. Yeah, that's fine. Bye. Bye. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.